I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Because I'll my gaming headsets wireless, so I'm like, I gotta piss, and I just go in there, and it's just, I just leave it on. I don't mute it. Hell yeah! Cool. That's how you know you're playing with friends. That's exactly. how you know you got a good squad. Yeah, I want people to know how the radius of my pistol. <laughs> yeah. By the it's sound like the intimacy of, my of like old piss. school split screen, where you can hear your friend going to the bathroom. It's like keeps it all. Yeah. That nostalgia yeah. feeling. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. When you're playing split screen and you just gotta, you know, help your partner out next to you. Give them a little yeah. I just, I'm like, hey, follow me to the bathroom. <laughs> I need you to hold my dick. While yeah. I, while I uh, do this. Well, uh, while Tony I Hawk these isometric fools. game on Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sucks. Yeah. I, uh, I deal with a lot of voiceover professionally. That's my job. And we've had yeah. some really awful people who were. Su- cast to do a cartoon mm-hmm. right and i get their files in and there's like people talking in the background <laughs> like they oh, do that the coffee shop. Like, they're like yeah you- I, they're like oh i built this whole booth in my room it's just like well if you that- don't tell your mom to shut up then it's not gonna work well, yeah one thing i wanted can you guys hear my fan no i no. could take out your fan don't worry about that okay because it gets hot if that fucker ain't on no leave that on man i got all the cleanup shit man word hey speaking of voiceovers i've been tinkering online looking at like voice acting like Dude, doing voiceovers how are you at reading and speaking out loud like audiobook status uh fucking watch our last episode is that good or bad <laughs> no i i mean it's all right uh, i mean just on the fly we have one uh i don't know if you remember wade that comes on the show he's, a, he's yeah, the yeah. singer of a- atoll yeah yeah I remember so he wade. he's been doing an ai having ai write a story about walter when he was like in the Renaissance fair <laughs> and it's this whole crazy thing. Well, I'm reading it and I, you know, came up with a voice or whatever. And I do pretty well. I mean, it's AI. So some of the words are weird, but uh, I mean, I, I can, I can read and do it at the same time. I could, so. I can get you involved in audiobooks and in cartoon stuff. Um, yeah. Might be a slow to. start, but I can work with you on a real and yeah, I, I would love to around. do. I would love to give. I would love to give that a shot. I always talking weird. You got a great voice for it. Yeah. You, yeah. Your, your speaking voice is like I could. I could cast you as a cartoon easily. Yeah, I'm down. I've got a mama always said I had a great face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. All right, starting the show. Um, uh, <clears throat> we're not leaving was... any of that in. It's too cold. No, I like it hot. I like it hot. Welcome to Roast Mortem Cast, the only show where you got history. You got friends. You got history. Uh, I'm Travis. I'm Tom. I'm Connor. And tonight tonight we have special guest, Jay, from Not For Human Consumption, with us. What is happening? Welcome, Welcome. sir. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, my first time. Um, Let me ask you. Yes. Not For Human Consumption. Yeah. How how often have you done that show sober? A lot recently. I used yeah. to not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. As of like as of recent, I don't. I just. I mean, I don't really. I kind of. I, I apparently I binge drink. 
So yeah, me and too, it's man. usually give yeah, me too. It's, it's like it's like once a month I go hang out with a buddy and drink. Somehow it's like it, I never stopped, and I just get completely hammered. But I didn't, on the show, not so much. Like uh, you know, if we have a guest that comes in, bring something, or if it's a special occasion, um, might drink a little bit. Uh, I did a couple episodes on some edibles. That was interesting, and I don't smoke pot. Um, that's not for human consumption. You're not supposed to do illegal drugs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yeah. That's right, Travis. Um, yeah, I have to ask because if uh, if anyone listening to this, to this is not familiar with your show, there is always mm-hmm. like a haze of um, the type of laughter that comes out of not for human consumption is that of the drunkest and best of friends. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it kind of I don't know. Like, it's a warm environment to be in. I, I, I kind of miss doing that. When Travis was living out here, we did get fucked up more. And now it's like, mm-hmm. all right, we still drink, but man, it's, yeah, it's a warming thing to listen to that show. Yeah, it's. I mean, we've all toned it down. Even Matt, of all people, has kind of, he's been doing sober episodes. If you hear him, he's not, he knows how to talk right. Um, <laughs> like he, he I do sober episodes, and I still don't know how to talk right. <laughs> yeah, you were, re- were cursed. When he, when he reads now, he doesn't somehow end up in a in some sort of foreign accent randomly so <laughs> it's a it's beautiful been, thing uh, it's been interesting but yeah i mean uh you know i mean not even just alcohol so i mean we've had a couple of episodes where dylan and i have taken some mushrooms and yeah. you know we just have fun no it's awesome. it goes. Yeah, yeah you guys are on my like gym rotation i i am, nice i i haven't listened to every episode but i am there a few Who's times gym? a month yeah <laughs> You don't even want to know this guy. Tom just hangs <laughs> out with a bunch of guys named James and Jim. But you rotate mm. on him? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of this uh, uh, this the sponsorship of another show. I want to know how right? your week was, Jay. Um, so far, it's been, um, well, like I said, I binge drink on once a month, and this past Saturday was one of those, one of those weekends. Uh, went, did the... Uh, uh, UFC, the John Jones return. Oh, very and, uh, nice. I thought it was going to be a nice chill night, me and my buddy, but no, like his whole family and they're all, they're all Hispanic. And so there was lots of food and tequila and Modelo's and just, and we played some cornhole. So I spent Sunday and most of Monday hung over. Nice. Dude, tequila's on wheels, man. Yeah. So it's been, it's been interesting. Kiel's a great yeah. fighting liquor. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the best. luckily I was around people I know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm an older gentleman. Um, I don't. I'm an older, partially crippled gentleman. So I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't pick fights anymore. Fair yeah. enough. No more scraps. Well, I'm glad you're recovering. And uh, thanks, Connor. It's been. A whole, it's been a whole day. day. Uh, but my day has made my week so much better because someone sent me a lovely gift today. Travis sent me a gift that I'm just trying to think when these episodes are going out. That for it was uh, from Rubaudel's past. He got me a Louisville Colonels hat, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's just improved my week greatly. So thank. I you, was Travis. looking for the comers, but you know they uh, the comers they don't the comers gear. It's a risky Google, so. Yeah. It's kind of hard to find, like, hey, Comer's hat, Comer's t-shirt jersey. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's a little, little rough, but Comers team. It's just all well, Japanese yeah. guys. <laughs> well, I just re- I just really loved Rube Waddell, and I appreciated your research. Yeah, he's a hero like, to all of us. So yeah. Comer- Comers is a common Google search on the NFHC podcast. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Some might call you a, a group of comers yeah. talking yes. together. <laughs> yeah, a gr- we're group comers. Yeah. Big fans <laughs> of that Jacksonville minor league team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We're all sporty yeah, guys. So it's been great. So, Travis, thank you for the gift. How was your week? Uh, how was Slush my day? day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not much to report because it's only been a day. I had pad thai. That's nice. good. Do you know the it's secret not- to pad thai? Not shitting your pants? Well, you do shit <laughs> yeah. your pants. That, that that's is... the post secret. Yeah, <laughs> um, you gotta order the peanut sauce, extra peanut sauce. Okay. Drip that shit on the pad thai. Secret unlocked. You like a really wet pad thai? Real yeah, saucy. Like, yeah, real sauced. You're just basically drinking like liquid peanut butter and noodles. Nice, it's great, it's mo- moist. Yeah. Tom, any liquid peanut butter for you? You trying to get more bulked? No, nah, dude. Well, all right. So I did go back to the gym with big steve today this is a big return big steve's been out with a back injury for the better part of two months now wow was everyone at the gym cheering him on like steve steve they were all no everyone who (laughs) worked there was like why didn't you buy a membership yet because he's just been going as a guest in my uh, for my account uh so when we got there i realized he really wasn't much better like he could barely move so we just went over to the mats where people stretch and then we just talked about taxes Uh, oh yeah we stretched. That's good. I showed him some new stretches I know. Jimming your mind up. Yeah. You worked so, out your finances. Yeah. We worked out yeah. the finances and a bit of the hip flexors. So, there you go. It's, They're uh, one it's not, so you went to, instead of LA Fitness, Hebrew Fitness. <laughs> I went to Hebrew Fitness, correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Williamsburg Fitness, not modern Williamsburg Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of that. Travis, what are we doing? Well, tonight... We are diving into a bit of uh, American mythology and legend, because I think this man that we're going to be talking about has really entered that Americana legend, and we're going to be talking about Butte, Montana's famous son and and daredevil, Robert Craig Knievel, a.k.a. Evil Knievel. Wow. Exciting. Yeah, uh, and also that's that's Butte, not Butt-E, because I always (laughs) called it Buddy. Not Buddy Montana? Yeah, buddy. I, I prefer that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you might be thinking mythology is a strong word for an idiot that just jumped Harleys <laughs> over snakes, buses, and tigers. But what makes a myth? I mean, could Hercules have been a real man and his stories expanded or exaggerated? We know that Johnny Appleseed was a real person, John Chapman, and now he's ingrained in the Americana mythos. So you're going to compare Johnny Appleseed to Evil Knievel right off the bat? Right off the bat. I prefer the Hercules comparison, that Evil Knievel is comparable to a demigod. I would like to see an Evil... I'd like to go with that. I would see an Evil Knievel biopic starring Kevin Sorbo. (laughs) 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 There's been a a lot of Hercules recently. You're talking about, you know, basically most of the NFL that have murdered their wives is basically just Hercules' story. Pretty much. They're out there killing it. Yeah, Chris yeah. Benoit. Mike's, Mike's here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Chris Benoit as Evil Knievel? No, as Hercules. Oh. Oh. Oh, also that. He's a, yeah, yeah, he was a, he was a 2000. He's just unavailable Hercules. for the part. He's just yeah. out there choking his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stop making so much noise. Every time he misses a jump, he just... Ah! I love you. <laughs> now, Evil's special because he was, uh, first of all, a man that knew how to build an image. He knew how to build this mythos around himself. Uh, and it's kind of often hard reading... I read two books on the subject. It's hard disseminating the fact from the fiction here. Because, you know, man likes to talk. Evil claimed that he made $60 million and spent $63 million. That's cool. Um, he That's boasted, good financing. Yeah. He boasted that he slept with over 2,000 women, despite the fact that he was married for 38 years. <laughs> I mean... Was his wife schizophrenic? Uh, That's one-fifth of Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, we'll talk about his wife in uh, in detail next week and also how, you know, when they got together this week. But regardless of the facts, uh, Evil was able to propel himself to the top of the cultural collective mindset in the late 60s and 70s. And before we get into the myth, I guess this is the origin. This is like... You know, Bruce Wayne type, except, I don't know, his parents don't get killed by men in an alley. He got scared by a whole cave of <laughs> tricycles. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, those my, tricycles are my mom scary. Was, my mom was hit by a school bus. That's why I jumped school buses. <laughs> yeah. Asserting my dominance. You got it. We can just stop the show now. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, I'll be jumping 26. Well, right on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So it all started in it all started in 1938 in the copper mining town of Butte, Montana, as I mentioned, nicknamed at the time the richest mountain on earth. And that 1938 was the year Craig, uh, Robert Craig Knievel was born. Now I had the pleasure of spending a night in Butte in 2019. Uh, and let me tell you, it's not the richest mountain on earth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They've lost that <laughs> distinction. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Their largest attraction is a giant hole in the ground called the Berkeley <laughs> called the Berkeley Pit, which is where they used to pull all the uh, copper out of. And I actually stayed at this hotel called the Miner's Boutique Hotel. And so my girlfriend and I were staying there. And when we left the following morning, we we're going to the car and this like huge garage door opens and the guy in like you know, uh, convict orange and like chains walks out of the garage, like right behind from where we were sleeping. Nice. Apparently it was like some halfway house for criminals or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> wrong, wrong miners. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, a town that is known for a mountain, their biggest attraction is a negative <laughs> mountain. A yes. Yeah. It's yeah. the opposite of a mountain. That's it's a big town. asshole. It's impressive. It's I don't scary. care. <laughs> I don't care. Grand Canyon's dumb, okay? So everything smaller than that, also dumb. <laughs> uh, I think Evil Knievel would probably beg to, to differ on there, but <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so walking the streets of Butte, you can see this like early 20th century wealth. You know, the streets that are just... Now it's kind of just... De decaying and unkempt like the, the facades of the building are that distinct kind of western decadence you know mm -hmm. very like um, gilded age style architecture and uh, we went to a sports bar called metals to suck down some glizzies and o-rings and uh, the restaurant was actually a massive old-timey bank with a heavy steel door and vaulted ceilings it probably weighed about like 20 tons we're just eating fucking hot dogs in this old like bank robbery type it's probably more uh, valuable yeah. than the money they were storing there. A couple of hot dogs, right? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. 
So anyway, I, I would recommend if you're ever in Montana, go to Butte. It's it's kind of cool now. Uh, but the Butte that Robert Knievel, aka or what they called him at the time, Bobby, um, the the Butte that he was born into was the decade that Butte had this kind of slow decline uh, from its highlight. Uh, Butte was still a fully functioning mining city, but the depression was kick was in. You know, in rage, everyone was, it was all the, about it. Was the yeah, thing, the thing, was, a little bit of thing called so depression back then? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I know. So now we had to get like pills yeah, and stuff. But back now then, you know, sad. back then it used to be yeah. great. Oh, yeah. we're more depressioned than you are. <laughs> this is so right. great. It's so great. I can't believe you're dealing with that shit over there. So the depression's kind of in. There. You see, Butte kind of slowly. Uh, struggling, kind of like that rust belt that we kind of have on the East Coast. Um, and, you know, you have these miners that are barely able to scrap together money. And uh, the money that they did have, what a better place to spend it than a brothel. Right. You know? Right. Just, just a bunch of kids paying for sex. Yeah. My, <laughs> miners. Yeah. A lot of them were kids. <laughs> They're all out there looking for the second biggest hole. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. The 14-year-olds that were working in the mines are, were older than I am now at 29. Oh, so, yeah. Like, sure. They've That's seen true. more oh, shit looked, than I Yeah, they looked older. Yeah, they looked 68, and yeah. they probably swore, you know, they're definitely older than me. They were far more yeah. conservative. <laughs> Died at the ripe old age of 22. Yeah. Right, so Butte is this rough and tumble town full of brothels, watering holes, violence in the streets, and that's kind of the world that Robert Craig Knievel grew up in. Now, it wasn't really a problem, like raising a kid in this environment is probably not very good, but that really wasn't a problem for Robert's parents, uh, because Robert Sr. and Anne decided to, um, after the birth of Robert, or after the birth of Bobby's younger brother, Nick, they decided to split up and separate. And Robert Sr. moved to California, thinking that he could make some money. And Anne, for whatever reason, moved to Nevada. And they just passed the two boys on to Robert Sr.'s parents, Ignatius and Emma Knievel. Now, were they still in Butte? They're still in Butte, so, yeah. So, do you know what his mom and dad did for a living in Butte? Was, was he born in one of these brothels by any chance? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what his mom did. His his dad definitely worked for the mine. I know that. She she could have been one of these one of these ladies of the brothel. Yeah, moving down to Nevada, get some much yeah. better money there. Did he come out of his mother's vagina with the helmet on and the white suit? <laughs> That'd be pretty tight. Yeah, she just shot him out of the wall as fast as she could. <laughs> she shot him out over a miniature bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the origin story of Tonka trucks. Oh. <laughs> William H. Tonka. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see how fast that boy came out of that pussy? <laughs> Jesus. Um So I, I wanna I wanna pose a question here. What was your like what was like the the bad boyhood shenanigans that you guys got up to when you were young? Like maybe slightly illegal, maybe a little destructive. All of that. We used to, uh, when I was younger, the areas I grew up in, 80s, so a lot of neighborhoods were going up. So you had a lot of just framed houses, and we would just go in, and we would just destroy all the all, all the beams. <laughs> or if there was windows, we'd destroy those. Oh, my God. Anything. And it'd be, like, right across the street. We didn't give a shit. They didn't have cameras up, you know? Yeah. So we'd go over there, and we'd kick through 
you know, uh, we, we'd climb up and bust the scaffolding, whatever we could possibly do, steal supplies. So uh, we'd steal lots of plywood so we can make bike ramps and shit like that. Um, and uh, my sister and I were very well known for robbing this uh, Kmart that was uh, Kmart. I don't know if you guys had a Kmart East Coast or know of Kmart. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We got one. I'm uh, glad Walmart you robbed them. Yeah, we, we would... Uh, we would grab a bunch of stuff and I'm probably like seven, eight years old. My sister's two years older. We'd load the cart up. She'd have a big old purse. She'd push me underneath the clothes that would hang on the wall and I'd just open everything up and start just dumping <laughs> it into the purse. So, yeah. Uh, so, you you use the phrase pretty well known for <laughs> Rock and these Kmarts for all they're worth. Yeah. Were you caught? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's that a whole different, yeah. It, well, that's how I met my stepdad, who was a cop. <laughs> oh, right. I love that. Yeah, Bond, so, This son needs structure. Yeah, I will yeah. take him as my own. That's how yeah. how I met my stepdad. Well, wasn't my stepdad yet, but how I met him and found out my mom was dating a cop. Because mm, I couldn't. My sister was telling me, "Wait until you play with your micro machines. Don't do it in front of mom." I'm like, cool, fucking instantly. She's in the shower. I'm in my chonies. I'm all playing with my micro machines. My mom walks in and is like, where'd you get those? I know I didn't buy them. I'm like, uh, I'm like, please don't. I just melted. I'm, you know, I can't. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. crack under yeah. pressure. Yeah. Unless you're so, a real psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an eight-year-old psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> well... I mean, I I think I think Bobby may have Bobby and Nick probably beat beat, beat you on that one because as soon as Bobby and Nick were old enough to play out in the neighborhood, they not they don't need to look very far because right across the street from their grandparents' house was blonde Etnas, and a few doors down was Dirty Mouth Marys. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were the two biggest whorehouses in Butte. Wonder um, which one I'm gonna choose. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not because she used curse words. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably, if she spits it out into like one of those buckets, you could probably pan Ew. for copper in it. Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, women's so there was... mouth's disgusting. <laughs> looks like old pudding. <laughs> so there was something like 500 prostitutes that worked the streets of Gallium and Mercury streets uh, where Evil Knievel was raised. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, these these hoes are banging little little children? I mean, these are like eight, seven-year-old boys. Well, before these boys were old enough to pay for the girls for some actual quality time, uh, which they eventually did, Bobby and Nick's pastime was uh, throwing rocks at the girls selling themselves on the streets, uh, (laughs) selling their hot Montana street sushi. And uh, they would wait until the pimps came out to chase them down the road. (laughs) Wow. I guess they're doing God's work then. (laughs) Trying to get them to stop misbehaving. Just rabble rousing. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, I'm trying to save your soul. Avoid the church and hell. I I had a friend that would drive around with a spotlight at night in a a whole container full of pennies. And he would find people downtown, like in the dark corners everywhere, homeless, prostitutes. And he'd fucking flash him with the spotlight, tell him to start dancing. And he's like, you know, I'll give you some money. And they start dancing. And he just is full hucking pennies (laughs) one at a time, just launching them. So that's a lot of steps for a good time. 
Yeah, I think, he must I have think been Bobby Knievel, Knievel loved fan. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Must have been a Bobby Knievel thing yeah. for oh, sure. Man, we were Bobby using Craig. torches to try and illuminate them. <laughs> this yeah. one's for you, Bobby Craig. <laughs> well, well, this, this story, this story, Bobby like told this story. He was like, "That's what I used to do as a kid." And, yeah, so uh, it may have never happened. Well, yeah, it may have never happened. We well, actually, they did interview cops and stuff for this one documentary that happened in the eighties, and they confirmed a lot of this stuff too. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, so, uh, but that was like the, the, he just needed an adrenaline fix, even from such an early age. It wasn't about pegging the, the prostitutes. It was being chased by the pimps. That, that was like, the fun part. Yeah. That the, was the, the action fun part. is the juice. All right. Yeah. They had, they had pegging back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also like, you know, prostitutes are kind of used to being used all the time, but that's, that's like even worse than getting, you know, ass raped or whatever they <laughs> sign up for. Um, Cause you're just you're getting used, yeah, right. And then like you're not even the main attraction. No, they <laughs> want your boss. Yeah, you're like <laughs> they want to talk yeah. to the manager. What the fuck? <laughs> you're you're literally a piece of meat in front of a carnivore. <laughs> so at the age of eight in uh, 1946, uh, Grandma Emma Knievel took the boys to see a guy named Joey Chitwood and his auto daredevil show. Uh, so Bobby was amazed. Bobby was amazed by Joey's uh, ability to launch the Ford V8 through walls of fire and jump ramp to ramp. And he said that this Chitwood show would eventually spark, be the spark that he needed to create Evil Knievel. That was kind of like his inspiration. Is that where the term Chit Show came from? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you'd imagine. Bobby's childhood being like kind of this full rat bag hooligan stuff. Um, him and his friends would like to get into trouble. They'd race soapbox cars and play football, ice hockey, uh, boxing, just like little boxing rings in the alleys. Bobby was also big into ski jumping, and he would actually become uh, he would win Class A division of the Northern Rocky Mountain Ski Association in 1957. So, you know, jumping over things. He just liked it. Out there hot-dogging. Yeah. Uh, but basically, after the Chitwood show, Bobby's like, I just, I need to hurl myself off of cliffs or uh, off of, you know, buildings, or I just, just need that. This you know, that's that's what I need in my life. Yeah. So, Bobby decided to drop out of high school in, <coughs> uh, at the age of 16, and he did what every young man did in Butte, and he started to work in the mines. I now, would have guessed he would have dropped out. Way earlier. I think actually Butte at this time it was probably graduating. Was dropping out. <laughs> yeah. The, the, well, the graduation rate was a hundred percent. Yeah. Because that's what they expected. Oh, you're gonna go work in the mines? Yeah. We we did what we were set out to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, most young men joined the mines, but uh working in the mine was no fun. Bobby jo uh, worked for the Anaconda Copper Mining Company. I don't know if there's a lot of anacondas in uh, in Montana. But... It just sounds cool, man. Yeah, yeah. it sounds cool. Get off him. Yeah. Uh, Is that where anacondas got their name? Yeah, Montana. Yeah. Seems, Holy seems, at, seems right. That's a big log of copper right there. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a giant snack. That's where Sir Mix-a-Lot's from, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a <laughs> big Montana fan. Big Montana guy. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he, he, he said he did all of the jobs at this copper mining company, from the working the bottom of the pits to driving the slag. 
Um, even though he was only there for about a year. <laughs> He's like, I did everything there. I'm sure a year in a, in a mine, though, is like 40 years of work. That's true. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Um, but I can't. Uh, all right. We know where this is going. We've all met those people who work every single entry level job on the face of the planet and claim to run the place. <laughs> so that's the person we're dealing with. That's what, yep. Yeah, Tom, this place nail on the head. without me. Yeah, exactly. You work at a Target. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has done everything and gone nowhere. <laughs> yeah. There's a machine yeah. over there that does your job. Yeah. The same thing. Chat GPT Miner is, is ready for you. <laughs> I keep this whole place together. You know, I come in, I, I don't have the keys, but you know, yeah, I don't really open or close the shop, but you know, they need me. But, uh, but I clock in by the, yeah. the second I get there, even if they don't show up for three more hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he says he, le he left the mine because he had seen a few of his friends die in the mine, uh, you know, which happened a lot. Yeah, that know? I believe. Yeah. <laughs> So in 1956, Bobby's dad comes back from California and decides to open up a Volkswagen dealership in Butte. That doesn't seem really like Volkswagen country up there. That seems more like uh, Jeps. What year did you uh, say this was? 56. 1956. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's like Beetle production. So Yeah. Yeah. They're, so, they were all over the place. Yeah, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. If you drive a Beetle up in Montana, you might get run off the road. I imagine, like, <laughs> Wagoneers and, like, fleet sides. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, Old C-10s. How, how, do, how does the uh, dealership do? Does it crash and burn? Well, uh, yeah, so Bobby <laughs> leaves the mine, works for his dad for a little bit. Again, like, we're going to see this serial thing going on here where he does something for a little bit and leaves. He decides to join the Army the next year. He's like, I'm going to join the Army. Apparently, in the 50s, the minimum contract you could join the Army was for one year, which I feel like you don't really what get. What the hell? That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, basic. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's minimum coming now, out. like, was it four? Uh, it's probably 60. You're in, you're in. There, I mean, <laughs> that was Korean conflict time. Korea's over. Korea's over. Okay, so Korea was basically like, my grandpa signed up to be in Korea. Uh, uh, right before he was about to be shipped out, his dad got sick. He got leave mm -hmm. to go visit his dad. And they just never called him back. Like, they did not there's need also, people There's in the still Army. a draft back then. No, there was no draft yeah, back then. No, the, the World War II draft did not end... It continued all the way through Vietnam. They just called less people. Oh well, they they sure shit didn't call my grandpa. No, they're like whatever. He, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like they lost his number. Yeah, like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you can go visit well, your dad. Maybe it's because back then they're just like, well, the Soviets are going to nuke us all. So if you if you're in for the one year, you're just pray that that's not when the bombs drop. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. yeah. So yeah, he's in it for one year. He's stationed at Fort Lewis in Washington. Uh, he basically does basic training, and then he joins the Army's pole vaulting team. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Army, calm down with your fucking branches, your internal branches of pole vaulting. There's probably some generals like, the we're going to have to invade China from yeah. the north and get yeah, over they the have great a wall. Great, yeah, they have a great wall. <laughs> they just need bodies. We need a vault like, unit. God damn it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's consistent with him just wanting to go over the shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that's also where your taxpayer money is going to. The army pole vaulting team. Good. Anything yeah. but Ukraine. 
<laughs> what if we teach the Ukrainians how to pole vault? That's fine. I don't. Dislike, That's actually the military tech we're sending. I just, them. Yeah. I just don't like the spending. Is yeah, there's pole vaulting with these quick release parachutes. <laughs> Hit the ground. Yeah. Release yeah, pole. Yeah. Bounce back into ground. Release yeah. second parachute. This is amazing. <laughs> their para, their, it's their whole paratroop squad. Just yeah. six dudes on po poles going, wee, yeah. wee. <laughs> We're from the bubbly uh, bounce crew. So as we can see, our, you know, we've got a commitment issue from Bobby. Army life wasn't for him. After the year he left, he decided instead of returning back to Butte, he's like, I'm going to become a professional ice hockey player. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I feel like he's taking the hardest route possible to make it in the Olympics. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Skiing at first and pole vaulting. Yeah. Yeah. Pole vaulting uh, while doing ice hockey would be a lot of fun. If right? hockey players yeah. had longer sticks. Yeah. That would be sick. That would be cool. Pole vault over, over the defenders. Yep. <laughs> I also like how, you know, I feel like I've heard it from, like, our parents' generation and stuff. It's like, I didn't have a lot of opportunities growing up. This, like, little poor mining kid is able to, like, do yeah. every fucking pursuing, career. Yeah, pursuing yeah. every passion at every turn. Yeah, you may have had to uh, deliver newspapers for three weeks to get the cleats, but you became a professional yeah. athlete. Yeah, you know, like, my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, Bobby was picked up by North Carolina's Charlotte Clippers. Um, who were a semi-pro team. And again, uh, Bobby really didn't see the point of practicing, so uh, they kind of let him go after a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, then he tried out for the uh, Seattle Totems. Uh, they didn't want him, so he returned back to Butte. More poles involved. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Indian po poles. He loves having something in his hands. Mm -hmm. Skiing. Yeah. Hockey, pole vaulting, eventually the motorcycles. He likes holding on to something. It's a nice cylindrical grip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he's back in, a, in Butte, and he's like, fuck all those hockey teams. I'm going to start my own hockey team <laughs> and uh, get it involved in the Western Hockey League, which was a pretty big deal. So at the age of 20, Bobby started the Butte Bombers. Oh, the butt bombers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah butt bombers. <laughs> the butt e-bombers. Yeah. yeah. Very, oh, very cool. Yeah, so the butt bombers <laughs> would play for two bombers. seasons. <laughs> Do you like, uh, you fan of the comers? Yeah, man. I like the comers on the East Coast. I'm a big fan. Big fan of the butt bombers on the West Coast. <laughs> can't wait to, to watch them match up. You know, that baseball team and that hockey team. One one ridiculous oh, game man. holding sticks. Man, the butt comers, biggest rivalry in history. <laughs> Rube would have loved hockey. I think if someone introduced him to hockey, he would have been great at it. I don't think he spent enough time inside. That's true. Well, I'm out yeah. in lakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're playing on lakes and shit out there, you know. <laughs> uh, so the but the butt bombers would go on to play two seasons, and somehow Bobby convinced the Olympic committee to send the Czechoslovakian Olympic team to Butte to play the bombers oh, for God. a warm up match in 1960 Holy for shit. the for the Olympics that was being held in California. I knew it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> who the, who was on the other end of the Czech delegation that was like, hey, uh, some crazy guy called us up and wants us to go practice against? Him. Oh, yes. I know. It was it was some guy in in the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia, yeah, uh, who is 
uh, tired of having his team pelted with pennies. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the copper mine and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I gotta get my team out of here. They Maybe if we get there and we 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 cut off the source of copper, yeah, yeah. we'll be let's, here. Let's, let's get a fresh start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but th- also uh, Bobby Knievel's like I think twenty one or twenty two, and he's able to pull this shit off. Yeah, you know? like, what? Dude, no, crazy. it's like the, back then. It's the path of most resistance to get to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. So Bobby instantly uh, knew he was kind of over his head here. He, you know, he's trying to sell tickets to this event um, that was being held at like the like some butte like hockey stadium for local teams. Um, and he was hoping to make a killing. He was promoting the hell out of it. Problem was, was this was an invitational uh, hockey match, and the Czech team was expecting. All 20 of them to have all expenses paid. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, there's a free room and board at Dirty Mouth, whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bobby kind of figured out he was going to be fucked because the ticket sales were not going to even cover the expenses because, they're you know, they're spending nights at Dirty Mouth Mary's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the game, the bombers, the butt bombers were crushed. They were they were, they were gaped by uh, the Czechoslovakian team. Uh, and then at the end of the match, the Czechs were like, all right, that was fun. Now you owe us for our, our trip to, out to this dump, you know, <laughs> and Bobby doing the real american thing he's like where's the receipts i'm not paying anything if you don't keep the receipts Smart. like where are the receipts Good it work. is tax season i yeah. love that phrase yeah. <laughs> and of course the czech people are like what is receipt in russia we, we get branded with monies so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah their whole back is just money branded on them <laughs> yeah. I, paid, uh, I paid 20 cents for two loaf bread oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right here <laughs> uh, I can't pay you guys in cash, but I can give you free passes to go see the pit. So, <laughs> yeah, take him or leave. It's a whole pit excursion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean that pit there? No looking. No looking. No yeah. looking. <laughs> Divert your eyes. So this whole incident almost caused like an international situation because this is like you know Cold War going on. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't until the Olympic Committee stepped in and paid the Czech team until like things were diffused. Jesus. Like the Olympic team was like, we shouldn't have probably let this twenty-something-year-old host an event for you know our our economic and military rivals in the world. Yeah, yeah, you know that that supports Jay's theory too because now he's like the hardest way to get into the Olympics. Yeah, the, yeah. the most resistance. Now yeah. he's financially now the burdening don't like the him. Olympic Committee, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or ex- or potentially accelerating the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the Czech team went back and was like, "Oh, we're going to win the Cold War." The Americans have no idea what they're doing over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they are morons. They have this twenty-year-old trying to put together a hockey team, and he cannot even do that. We win. We win. A yeah, hockey team called Anus Bombers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Anus well, Bombers or something like that. <laughs> One thing we should watch out for is big holes. They've got that figured <laughs> yeah. out. Lots of big yeah. holes. They might put some sort of slat and leaves upon top to yeah. make us to fall. <laughs> I do not want to wake up in a hole. Yeah, okay. Vietnam, Vietnam's <laughs> listening. Oh, that's a good idea. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe sharp sticks. <laughs> what if we do tiny holes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, all this is happening. He's in his early 20s. Uh, and, you know, this whole Olympic debacle happens. And 
he's kind of like net. He's like losing money on the on the uh, butt bombers, so he decides to break up the team. <coughs> and he's like, he got he's back to ground zero. He's no prospects. He's like, man, I need to get a wife. So he just kidnaps one. <laughs> of course he does. Was it from Dirty Mouth Mary? Was it Mary? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a woman named Linda Joan Bork. Bork. Yeah. Any relation uh, to Bjork? Swedish chef? It's yeah, it's Montana's bootleg version of Bjork. <laughs> Bork. <laughs> um so Bobby this was Bobby's uh, high school or regular school sweetheart. Uh the problem was was that uh Linda's parents were not too keen on this guy that was launching himself off of buildings and enabled getting in trouble with the Olympic <laughs> Committee and not being able to keep a steady job. So and chucking rocks at hookers. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I'm going on a date with Bobby. The guy that throws rocks. <laughs> well, he only threw Yeah, a he few threw a rocks. rock at me. Yeah. <laughs> he only yeah. threw a few rocks when we were out on our first date. Yeah. And he said Your father chased him around and around this town. <laughs> the only rock I want to see is one he puts on your finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be made out of copper. Sorry, I didn't mean oh. to throw that. It's just kind of forced habit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, her parents, Linda's parents, forbid her from talking to Bobby. So uh, one day, 16-year-old Linda was skating at an ice rink, and a frustrated Bobby showed up, walked out onto the ice, grabbed Linda by the hair, and dragged her into her into his grandparents' car that he had stolen. <laughs> when you said... <laughs> When you said that he kidnapped his wife, I I was gonna say, what well, was she like an ice skater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> so Keeping with the Olympic theme. He walked out onto the ice. Um, no skates. No skates. Wow. Remember, Dude, he, no never, he never practiced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He didn't know how to use them. <laughs> you need uh, a pair's like, partner. I'm gonna get you, and he's just <laughs> sliding all over the place. <laughs> How are you on a professional team? <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby then, you know, with Linda in the car, he hightails it towards Idaho. Uh, while I guess because there was some like legal thing where if he makes it over the border to Idaho, he can oh, marry a sixteen-year-old no or something. Rules in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that's I that, that's also a violation of the Man Act. Oh, where you bring a woman over state borders? Yeah, or something? bring a woman over state borders. Um, and I think there was like an age discrepancy, like an underage or traffic. I don't know. Human trafficking gets thrown around way too willy-nilly these days. We know that. Yeah. Uh, but back then when it was real, um, yeah, guys used to f do really wild shit. Like, oh, we're going to go get married. And that's I think that's what it was for, the Man Act. That was to like stop that shit. Stop people like Bobby. So the yeah. police started looking for this abducted girl. Um, the two of them, Bobby and Linda, were caught in a blizzard and had to sleep in the car on the side of the road. And the next day, when Bobby woke up and started to head towards the Idaho border, he came across a police roadblock. Now, uh, it was surprising that Bobby was not charged with kidnapping, uh, just, uh, quote, contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Do you think... Hold on, I'm, I'm thinking about when he saw this roadblock. Do you think what was going through his mind is like, wow, imagine if I could pole vault a car. Yeah. <laughs> I should have put a How ramp can through. I pole vault a car? But wouldn't she also be contributing to the delinquency of a minor? Well, he's, o he's over the age. Yeah, but he's, he is job title. 
It's oh, past work. It's oh, past yeah. work history. Whoa, X Minor. They're both busted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was just basically let go with a reprimand from the cops for, like, dragging a 16-year-old off the ice. <laughs> yeah. That's Knock fine. it off. <laughs> yeah. Go back to Lin- throwing rocks at hookers. Yeah. Linda's father did get a two-year restraining order placed on Bobby Knievel. Um, But he didn't give up on Linda because on September 5th in 1959, Bobby's grandmother gave him a $50 loan and Bobby showed up at Linda's house while her dad was on a fishing trip and the two eloped. I guess she was of age at that point. Bought a a house, a boat, a truck with 50 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, right? So what, a guy come home and like call a uh, missing persons report yeah like where's my daughter well we couldn't find your daughter sir but we found this man's wife <laughs> <laughs> and now she's his yeah <laughs> you ain't got you no idiot. jurisdiction that was her i didn't even catch anything <laughs> <laughs> what well, uh, yeah the bad move on him look but that's yeah. fisher fisher fisherman if you gotta yep. if you're gonna fuck with someone make sure it's a fisherman because they'd rather yeah. be fishing than watching their daughter. They would always <laughs> rather be fishing. Their exactly. bumper sticker yep. says it every time. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's no lie. No lie at all. So Bobby's now married, and he has to provide for his young wife. Uh, but he didn't have a job. Uh, so he took to stealing hubcaps and scrap metal for a while. <laughs> it's good work. Honest yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had actually stolen hubcaps when he was a kid, too. That was a, he went back to his <laughs> eight-year-old days when he was stealing hubcaps. Those were the catalytic converters of their time. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were probably, I don't know, old hubcaps of the day were like probably made out of like high-quality chrome or maybe <laughs> yeah. platinum. I don't know. I still don't get it made out of tungsten. Like. Yeah. yeah. I still don't get the concept of a hubcap. To make your wheel your your tires look pretty. Right. Well, I think that. Well, I think I think the hubcaps were more for like um, uh, states that had snow or uh, like if you were if it was a seaborne city because of rust and things like that, and the hubcaps would actually protect from the elements, especially oh. driving in snow because you didn't want your lugs to rust out. Right. Oh, it was probably like true. iron or something. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. now, like, you know, the, I mean, nice. I got a car in 2009, and it had hubcaps. So I was like, what the hell is this? Because the steel yeah, is fun. Yeah. Those are just, like, the plastic ones. The ones they had back then were, like, the baby moons, or the yeah. big dome ones, you know? Yeah, like the... They, uh, they do it now just to cheap out on making your wheels look nice. Dude, steelies look so sick. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> those are so sick. When you're just stripped down, that's like walking around with, like, just your boxers on. Yeah. Get some yeah. fake spree wells from the auto zone. <laughs> Spinning. <laughs> Bobby Craig's out there with spree wells on his farm truck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bobby decides he's got to make a legitimate business. So, he decides to run a Butte Protection Agency, or what he calls a merchant policeman. The butt protectors. Yeah, the butt protectors. (laughs) Now, this is, you may have heard of something like this from, you know, like the Gambino family or any of the Italians in New York. Oh, so he was just doing that. Is that a big name? Is that that a big, well known name? (laughs) It just sounds Italian, so go with it. Yeah. Gambino. Oh, yeah, that's that's how you figure out if someone's mob related. 
because they will they, tell you. Yeah, they'll tell you. Did they know they're not. things? Did they do yeah. crazy yeah. things? Yeah. So uh, basically what this was was uh, Bobby would walk around strong arm bars and businesses to pay them to for him to watch the place when they close up because there's all these drunks out on the streets. And if they didn't pay, they were suspect to burglary from Bobby Knievel. <laughs> How evil. Yeah. So uh, this was not the only criminal acti activity Bobby was getting into. Uh, him and six other friends started to commit a series of robberies on banks, grocery stores, and pharmacies, especially pharmacies. This is, you know, drugs in there. Yeah. It's yeah. good money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, these robberies went on for a year, uh, even stealing some dynamite from his old employer, Anaconda Copper Mining Company, <laughs> and blowing a safe in a Butte County courthouse. That's that's just good fun. Why not yeah. just shoot the safe off a ramp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could pole vault this safe. Yeah, strap the dynamite to it, <laughs> yeah. shoot it off the ramp, and then stand under it and collect your uh, your winnings. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen... <laughs> I've seen Looney Tunes. Whenever a safe falls on you, you're in the inside. Yeah, yeah. It just you goes right pop through. Out. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and you can open it from the inside and walk out. <laughs> Good old science. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So during one job in Reno, Nevada, uh, they're hitting, I think, a casino. Uh, his partner Jimmy Ang was shot dead by the police uh, when they were fleeing a job gone wrong. And this killing, along with the birth of Bobby's son, first son, Kelly Knievel, was enough to convince Bobby to leave life of crime and go back to the straight and narrow. It's like, oh, man, you shot my buddy. This isn't as fun as being chased by pimps. He was also barely <laughs> yeah. in the straight and narrow. He's going to go back to mining. Yeah, yeah. I guess the mining was straight and narrow. Writing you know? letters to foreign countries asking <laughs> to play against some kind of assorted hockey team. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Dear That's just crazy. Because you, you can go back then. You can do all that shit. That crazy shit. And just be like, yeah, I think I'm over it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straighten out and do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No repercussions of anything else. No, yeah, we only we only blew up a, a safe with dynamite yeah. that I stole. Stole abroad, blew up a safe. <laughs> yeah. Also, he named his son Kelly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Kelly, but he actually, that son went on to become Robbie Knievel, who was also yeah. jumped. I think his real name's Kelly, and he was I'm like, saying oh, it's probably Kelly, in the opera, yeah. you know, in the, the birth-giving room, whatever they call those in hospitals. And the son comes out all crying. It's like, it's a boy, <laughs> Mr. Bob. Well, let me tell you something. He cries like a warming. <laughs> he's going to be a Kelly. Uh, interestingly <coughs> enough, yeah, when I started this, uh, researching this, uh, Bobby, or Robbie Knievel, I think just died like a month ago. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, so it was like very like, oh, weird. Where did he die talking from, shit dude? about his dad. Um, Snake bite. I yeah, I yeah. forgot what it was. I think it was like a fucking stroke or something. I was going to get young. He was in of the liver. Yeah, two-stroke? Yeah, two-stroke. <laughs> <laughs> he needed some more CCs injected into him yeah. when they got to the... <laughs> got the oil-gas mix all wrong. Yeah. Bobby's going to go straight and narrow, back in Butte. And, you know, again, this is like 1961. Uh, you could just start your own small business. No problem. <laughs> and uh, so he decides to set up a business called Sir Kill Hunting Services. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, he's funny now? Like, Sir S-I-R kill? 
like uh, surplus S-U-R, killing. Like, surplus like, <laughs> like, like Big Sur. Like S-U-R, kill. But nice. also play on circle, maybe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sir, Yeah, he kill. just didn't know how to spell circle. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Bobby told his clients that, you know, all these people flying into Montana, um, whatever animal you wanted to kill, good old Bobby knew where to find it. So Bobby did, yeah, Bobby did know where a lot of the local game was. The problem was the spots he knew were on uh, national protected federal land. (laughs) And he was using rocks to try and kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. I want to kill a hooker. Well, (laughs) well, well. I have the perfect ammunition. Uh, How big of the games do you want? (laughs) Here's a bucket of rocks. Game or gamey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put you in my trunk. Definitely tangy. like I do, like mm-hmm. I do with my wife. <laughs> and when I pop ca- the trunk, you start pelting. Yeah, this game tastes like nickels. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's taking these people out to go hunting on land that they think is okay to hunt on, but it's actually national parks. Uh, this business lasted a little over a year, um, and yeah, he just keep bringing out these out of towners to national parks. Um, but this is actually a weird moment because Evil Knievel or Bobby Knievel and later Evil Knievel tended to be very politically neutral. You know, he, he's very American, but like he never really got involved in politics. But when he had this business, he did get involved in politics. So he heard that the government was going to call 10,000 elks in Yellowstone to help maintain nature's balance. Now, this... This pissed off Bobby. This like pissed... lodge members? Yeah, elks, yeah. They also took out a bunch of uh, masons, too. And then moved them to the Pentagon in the, the base under... Yeah. Look, this Social Security shit's only like 25 years old. It's not doing well. We yeah. need to get rid of some of these old ones. Bring in the local. Yeah, so Bobby's pissed because he's like, that's where I hunt is on federal land. <laughs> So he went out and killed an elk on a national park, and uh, he took the antlers, and he started to hitchhike across the country to Washington, D.C. Awesome. Yeah. This is the best. Now, we actually know that he was there, because there's a picture of him uh, at this rally, because it was a rally to save the elks. You know, these people were there to, like, save the animals. He was there like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Animals? I thought you said antlers. Yeah. Uh, so there's also a blurb that like uh, from an editorial in the Washington Post where this is like the first like national time, you know, Robert Craig Knievel pops up in the news. Um, but Bobby takes this story a little bit further than just the news interview. He said that he gave the antlers to JFK and told him <laughs> that uh, he was not supposed to call these animals. And this is his quote. If you don't do something about this immediately, your son John John will look at the head of an elk on a nickel like my kids look at the head of a buffalo. <laughs> okay. Thank you also, very you much. Sh- you Thank should you. wear these in Dallas. <laughs> I got a feeling. <laughs> Thank you very much for these sticks. I don't know what half of those words mean, but I will make sure that something is done about that. But also, like, what is that threat? He's like, if you don't save the animals, I'm going to kill every elk. 
Like, is, he, is he equating that to the massacre of Native Americans? <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. Is that the elk buffalo reference? Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I just like the idea that he's like at a PETA rally, basically. Yeah. And everyone around him is like, we got to save the elks. He's like, no. No, I want to. I want to kill him and get money for. It. <laughs> yeah, I just like imagine the guy walking into Subway with an elk antler in each hand, and just be like, uh, start pointing at the menu. Well, he's on my way. I need something quick. We establish he loves holding cylindrical piped objects. Never put him yeah. down. Get um, all the I'm, way there. I'm here to purchase the five point foot long. <laughs> So this rally works. You know, I think maybe it was uh, Bobby's talk face to face with JFK that really convinced. <laughs> definitely uh, happened. Yeah, yeah, definitely happened. But the government canceled the culling, and instead they relocated the elks to public uh, hunting grounds in Montana, which was not good for Bobby because he brings his hunters to national parks. Uh, uh, so whatever for whatever reason. Uh, you know, he had the clients coming in, and maybe the thrill was gone that he wasn't going on to national parks. He decides to close Circle, and this time he decides to get into insurance, working a nine to five. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. So this this job lasted one week, and Bobby would later brag that he sold so many pol policies in one week that at the end of the week he went to the president and asked if he could be promoted to VP, and the president was like, no. So he quit. <laughs> I'm, I'm also still uh -uh. picturing that it's JFK that he's going to. He's yeah. Like, John, I sold so many insurance policies. Replace me. Replace Lyndon with me. Yeah. Fitzy, I remember on, you. Fitzy, me. <laughs> Could you imagine... In, Only in the world, a week, my good boy. <laughs> Could you imagine the world in which th the insurance company president says no to his face, right? And he storms at the door. But what the guy meant to say was he was going to say no, and he was going to stand up and take off his tie and go, "You can have my job because you are so good at selling insurance, Bob." No, Bob, come back. Yeah. <laughs> No, Tom, you really hit, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. This is that guy that, like, shows up and gets fired, and he's like, oh, well, I did every, I did too good. I basically ran that company, and uh, we had a little disagreement over where I could piss and poop, and, you know. <laughs> they said the antlers were starting to smell, so. They basically fired me because I was taking up too much overtime. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you come into work smelling like chew toys for a dog. Yeah. Just covered in kennel or uh, in antlers. So, so you're saying I could be president? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bobby again is out of a job in 1962, um, and he decides to try to capitalize something that he was really good at, and that was riding a motorcycle. Uh, so he had been kind of the Montana staple. He would ride down the main street in Butte and do wheelies the entire road. And people are like, look at that boy doing a wheelie. You'll never catch me now, pimps. Man, I wish I, I, wish I could pay for this. <laughs> He'd also like to cop bait, which was like purposely break the law and then have cops chase him and then, you know, just smoke him on the bike because cops can't catch up with a motorcycle. Yeah, man. I thought he was just out there jerking off cops. <laughs> that was his other hobby. Oh. You almost done, officer? Well, you know, he'd blue ball them, and that's why they chased him. Like, yeah. He'd always stop right at the edge. <laughs> hey, blue balls matter. Yeah. yeah. 
Sometimes he was so good at holding cylinders. <laughs> like a motorcycle busker, sometimes he would like uh, do like tricks for the local drunks in front of the watering hall holes. Uh, so he was Which at the, there was a lot of yeah. So he was at the Met Tavern, and uh, he decided one night, and this was like something that people remembered when they were interviewed. They're like, "Evil, you should." drive your bike over that Volkswagen and then he just drove his bike over the Volkswagen not jumped it just like <laughs> <laughs> slowly clambered up it with his yeah. motorcycle yeah <laughs> can you uh, can you let some of the air out of the tires real quick it's a, it's a little too high yeah so Bobby gets his national racing license from the M of uh, the I uh, the AMA the American Motorcycle Association and uh, he decides to move his family. He's got two kids at this point and his wife. He decides to move them down to California to get into the dirt bike racing circuits down there. Nice. Now, he's pretty good. He wins a bunch of races. Um, but the prize money is, like, really shitty, especially because he's trying to raise a family. And he's also found... It's also, like, a disadvantage because he's six foot. And I guess you have to be really tiny... To be good at dirt bike racing, lower center I mean, of gravity. Yeah, that's still true even today. Like uh, all the like best like pro motorcycle drivers, they're all real small, and it's like a lot of reason like uh, Formula One drivers are really really short is because in like, karting, like their jockey weight, stature. Yeah, it's jockey stature because like their weight plays such a role at the lower levels that you can only raise to the higher level by being super tiny. I guess we're all out. We're all out. We're yeah. all <laughs> we're yeah. all kind of on the bigger side, are we not? Wait, you're telling. You're telling me that my 320-pound weight is not going to slow the motorcycle? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say you're more of a golf cart kind of guy. Mm. <laughs> bumper boats. As, yeah, as bump myself. Dude, yeah. I'm sick of bumper boats. <laughs> Let me tell you, dude. I almost went pro. <laughs> but I couldn't swim. Yeah. <laughs> mm -mm. Well, that no, was a bad accident. I fell on my bumper boat and all the fuel that was in the, the pool lit yeah. on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, and then somebody jumped it. <laughs> Happy accident. So, New meaning to that one. Yeah. So an important Shit. landmark happens during his time racing is that Bobby <coughs> broke his... What? I was coughing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I heard someone. Important landmark happens when uh, he's his time during racing. Bobby broke his first bone in May of 1962. I call his bullshit on that. There's no way he didn't break a bone yet. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's hard yeah. to believe. Pole vaulting, hockey. Well, maybe to him, there he has like seven bones, you know? Maybe in his brain, yeah. he's like, no, you have your leg, left leg, your right leg bone, <laughs> your left arm bone, your right arm bone. So he's breaking fingers constantly, but it's like, he, oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> he's not very good at counting bones. Uh, so this first one was his collarbone, and now uh, eventually... Uh, Bobby Knievel would be in the Guinness Book of World Records in 1972 for breaking the most amount of bones. But the number is completely made up. It's astronomical. He said that he broke 431 bones. <laughs> <laughs> and for whatever reason, Guinness Book's like, yep, sure. That sounds about right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we're a reference. Yeah. They didn't ask his wife, though. Or else she would yeah. set the record. He never has bones. <laughs> his his bones face. always broken. <laughs> <laughs> broke my face bone. 562 yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, you meant so, my bone? <laughs> I thought you were talking about wife bones. <laughs> wife bones? 
<laughs> they got lots more bones. <laughs> yeah, they got extra bones. They got some. They grow up. You put them back in line. <laughs> Wife bones. It's like baby teeth. The bones grow back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't they eventually fall out on their own? <laughs> My wife they bones just, are falling out. They they just come back stronger. <laughs> Darling, I'd like you to be about four inches taller. I was just going to get rid of her the wisdom belt. bones. <laughs> the top back bone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it's because if it's because of this broken collarbone, but again, Bobby gives up. He returns back to Butte with his family. But at least he stays kind of in the same general uh, realm because he opens up a motorcycle dealership. Uh, this only lasts for a little bit as well. And then he moves his family to Spokane, Washington, where he takes a job at a Honda dealership. Now, the owner, uh, Daryl Triber, wanted to open up like a new Honda franchise um, at nearby Moses Lake, Washington. And he said... You know, Bobby, you're going to run it because you've been selling a lot of Hondas. You're going to do great in Moses Lake, Washington. Yeah, you're moving Civics. So Yeah. <laughs> it's your civic duty. Yeah. Now, eventually, Triber <laughs> wanted out of the dealership game like a year or two later. So he sold the business in Moses Lake to Bobby Knievel. He's like, all right, now you're the proud owner of Moses Lake Honda. Um, now I passed through Moses, Moses Lake a few times and there's not a lot going on there. It's like a very small town in Washington, but they had a Honda dealership as the number one attraction, the Honda dealership. And it just says like a sign out front. Evil Knievel used to own this Honda dealership. (laughs) You know, next time I'm going through, I'm going to (laughs) look, I'm sure there is. Could you imagine that he, he went out of business on his first one because he didn't do like test drive. He did test jumps. He's just like, you want to buy a motorcycle from me? Well, I got it. How many short buses you want to do? I done Take- launched this Plymouth forty feet. <laughs> Just watch me. Inventory shot. Actually, chase me, chase me. We had a lot of buyers, but we could not deliver the product. This steel body's a lot more nimble than you'd think. <laughs> I know you like the Ford, but have you heard of Tokyo Drifting? <laughs> he, he invented drifting. <laughs> First guy to skid out a little bit. Holy yeah. shit, I think I got something. <laughs> uh, so, Bobby was struggling. You know, it's not, not a lot's going on in Moses Lake. Bobby's struggling to sell Hondas. So, his first idea of drumming up business was like, hey, if you can beat me in an arm wrestle, I'll take $100 off your Honda. No problem. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> no one beat him, according to Bobby Knievel. Of course not. Well, they broke them bones. <laughs> but by 1965, arm wrestling just wasn't cutting it, and he needed to sell more Hondas quick. And then that's when Bobby remembered the old Joey Chitwood. He's like, you know what? I could do that. I could I could sell cars by jumping them over cool things. I can pole vault a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first chit show. <laughs> so, like, this is his real superhero origin story moment. It all began in 1965 at the age of 27. Bobby was going to make his first jump on a motorcycle in order for people to come to the show and buy more Hondas. This timeline makes him sound like he's already in his late 40s. I know, right? <laughs> he, it's also He's also very ahead of his time. 
Like the fact that he can attach marketing yeah. to flipping a product like this, that's like all that that's our entire world right now. He's at the cutting edge. It's the sixties, you know? Yeah. yeah. This is, this is yeah. what's happening. He, he's the first influencer. He's the first <laughs> madman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Don Draper. Is there a deleted scene where Don Draper travels out to Moses Lake and is like, "Teach me your ways, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby son." You got to shows up in the office, pulls looking over desks. First of all, always be holding cylinders. Yeah, I like this idea of like him trying to figure out how to get a bike off the ground by just putting uh, like a pole through the spokes. It's just like in the backyard, just rooting the lawn. The best, the best skill you can have in life. Is understanding the diameter of things with your hands. <laughs> so he, he's a showman. He knows that he can't just jump a uh, 350cc Honda. He's got to up the stakes. So he was going to jump 40 feet over a cage of 100 live rattlesnakes <laughs> and two mountain lions. God damn it. <laughs> those little mountain lions aren't surviving. Yeah, those, by the time they dead try to do the jump, they're all venom. dead. <laughs> they're all museum fucking attractions. Yeah. At all right, one hundred rattlesnakes and two dead mountain lions. <laughs> this is that count. I made a heck. The rattlesnakes could be dead too, for all I care. He's like, he's like, we gotta get all those flyers back. <laughs> mountain lions ain't doing so good. <laughs> So the the event went down at Lake Moses Raceway, which was a little ways from his dealership. Now, one thing we had to know about, you know, Robert Knievel uh, throughout his entire career is that he never practiced any of his jumps, much like his hockey. He said, this was a quote from him. There's no use in practicing. If you kill yourself in practice, you'll never make the jump for real. He's right. God damn. None of none of he said is wrong. So yeah. give him credit. That ten yeah. hour, ten thousand hours thing is bullshit. <laughs> what if you give die ten minutes? Ten thousand hours, 10 Malcolm. <laughs> hell, ten thousand hours. I'll give you ten seconds of hell. Okay. We get ten seconds of hellfire, brother. Yeah. Now watch this drive. I mean, yeah. it does. It does work. I mean, it's very conducive to his daredevil attitude. We, we, there's a part two. We know he he makes. Yeah. I mean, I get <laughs> it. If you practice enough, you can start to build up doubt. If you just do it immediately, yeah. uh, he's build also up that doubt. He also most of his jumps. He's incredibly wasted. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. Well, I might die. Yeah. I don't want to feel a thing. Yeah. Uh, so to be fair, I mean, I feel like nowadays, or I, not really to be fair, but you know, nowadays if you see people doing dirt bike jumps or like trick jumps or whatever, you know, they're on dirt bikes. They're on like light bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing these jumps in heavy, legit motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, in Harleys, like, right? <laughs> uh, it, it, it varies. Right now he's doing it in a Honda, but he kind of goes oh, through yeah, a yeah. bunch of different Types of motorcycles All that we'll steel, get into. No carbon fiber and plastic. Yeah. yeah. So like, Wearing basically thick nylon. Like. Yeah. yeah. He's got a fire retardant suit on. High heels. <laughs> yeah. Platform shoes. I'm trying to be classy. If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die looking good. I'm gonna need a cape in case the box falls out from under me. I can fly. I can yeah. fly down. So yeah, his routine was always like he he just drive as fast as he'd ride as fast as he could next to the jump, 
like he'd just like do a couple like you know like like past it just to see how fast he could go and then he'd go onto the ramp and basically just you know put down the throttle and try to hold onto the handlebars as much as he could and like hope that the bike didn't kick him off when he landed well he's good at holding on yeah 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 all that practice years and years of practice yeah, so this debut jump, the stars aligned, and Bobby went soaring into the air and stuck the landing. Almost. Because his back <laughs> wheel clipped the wood crate containing the 100 rattlesnakes. <laughs> so while Bobby was able to stick the landing, he you know, loops around, and he sees all of the snakes beelining it towards the stands. <laughs> And while he's doing his victory lap, he's watching the crowds run away and the snake handlers frantically trying to get their snakes back. Buy my cars to get away from these snakes. (laughs) It's like, they must be hurrying enough to buy them Hondas. He didn't even think to... He didn't even think to like cage off the area and just put the snakes in there. Like we had to box them up. They, they done killed the mountain lions. Yeah. All my cars are snake proof. Yeah. So after you know, maybe he sold more Hondas. We don't know because Bobby sold the dealership almost immediately. Um, that is selling people all to the buy because they all died from snake bites. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so buy this Accord and drive to the hospital. Yeah, Yeah, he was. I guess he got that rush. He's like, no one knows what it feels like to jump over two mountain lions and one (laughs) hundred rattlesnakes. I need more. (laughs) So he sells the dealership. He packs his family and moves back to California again, Orange County. And uh, Bobby knew what he was going to do with the rest of his life, and that was jump over shit in a motorcycle. So for him. He assembled five other riders, and to top it off, a four-foot small person named the Midget Daredevil. <laughs> All right. Well, it's classy. It's kind yeah. of just a descriptor. <laughs> well, it, I mean, he's from Butte. He's very literal, clearly. So he saw Dirty Mouth Mary and was like, well, this guy's tiny. So, yeah. <laughs> I know and what to do with you. That's a little better. Yeah. And thus, the Bobby Knievel and his motorcycle Daredevils was born. Awesome. Doesn't really have a ring to it. No. (laughs) No. No. Not memorable. Bobby thought the same thing. He's like, I don't know. Something's not right with his name. I'm a showman. And then he he thought back. He was thinking back to his little shithead Hellraiser days. He's like, Evil Knievel. Now, there are a couple different stories of where this name came from uh and this is kind of all baked into that evil knievel mythology we don't really know um but there's this one that he said one time and then during this documentary a cop verified it um so bobby was locked up in a in the local jail with one of the local drunks and the guy's name was william knoffel so the police used to call this william knoffel awful knoffel Um, So when they were walking past the cell, they were like, oh, look, here's Awful Knoffel and his friend Evil Knievel. Oh, man. That cop thought that was the funniest joke he ever made. Honestly, (laughs) it probably was. And unfortunately, Bobby didn't know how to spell. (laughs) Well, yeah, so that that was like talked about in the documentary that came out in 1988 called The Evil Knievel, The Last of the Gladiators. Yeah. and the cop kind of verified that. But Bobby also said that 
it could have come from other places. He said, I had that name before I went to jail. It wasn't just awful and awful. He said that when he used to steal hubcaps with his brother as a kid, <clears throat> they decided to rip off one of their family friends. And as they, 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 the guy came out of his house, saw him running away with the hubcaps, he says, you're, you're a, just a little evil Knievel. And that was where the name came from. Mm. I, I buy that more. I mean, can we imagine him pacing back and forth in his Orange County little condo or whatever he's renting, trying to come up with a catchy name like, all right, what they used to call me? Dipship Knievel. That won't work. <laughs> come stain Knievel. No, that won't do it. Son of a whore Knievel. Yeah. Mm -mm, yeah. Not going to do it. <laughs> little rock chucker Knievel. <laughs> God, I don't like that one. Yeah, this ain't going to work. So regardless of where it came from, Bobby decided to go with the name Evil Knievel. Uh, but, you know, he is a he wanted to be an entertainer of all ages. And he didn't want people to think that he was evil. So he's like, fuck it. I'll just change the way it's spelled evil to E-V-E-L instead of evil Knievel. Big brain stuff. Yeah. 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 Totally. Because everyone goes like. Wait, this fellow's name is Evil Knievel? How's that spell? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he's a good oh, guy. That's good. Guy. That must be a Christian name. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Evil. Sounds foreign. Yeah. <laughs> what, is he from the Czech Republic? Yeah. <laughs> Heard they got a solid hockey team. Yeah, <laughs> So exotic. So the age of 28, January uh, 23rd, 1966, Bobby uh, changes the name of his troop from Bobby Knievel and the Motorcycle Daredevils. He officially changes it to Evil Knievel and the Motorcycle Daredevils. And thus, the legend was born of Evil Knievel. And next week, we will talk about all the cool jumps and all the cool shit and all the wormbins that he's with. And yeah, we nice. got a lot more to go. Dude, that's my favorite part. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been it's been a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just getting started. We're at the top of the yeah. ramp. Yeah. Right? We've done we're our still, practice. We're runs. still circling the snakes right now. <laughs> the mountain yeah, lion's had, already dead though. They're, yeah. They're yeah. Gone. He hasn't even jumped jumped over any cars. It's just a bunch of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So All right, well that's do we know how high that jump went? Well he said forty feet, right? Forty oh, feet. 40. Yeah. yeah. Is that 40, 40 feet across? I think it's 40. All these jumps are, I guess, measured like ramp to ramp. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. high he's going in the air, but we'll he's take not a very high if he's clipping not, the snakes. Yeah, <laughs> not high enough to miss the snakes. <laughs> so next, I, like the next, this, I like the no practice thing. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. Certain yeah, well, shit you just don't need to practice. Uh, I think a lot of Olympic events are that. Like curling, you probably don't have to practice. Just no, go that's out why. There and be stiff. No, I mean, you're cleaning your house. That's that's practice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mopped a house before. I think I got this. <laughs> that's why, like, up until like 10 years ago, those guys just got fucking like blackout drunk while they were doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it was fine. The Olympic Committee was like, yeah, you got to get drunk to do that. Yeah, I mean, who wants to do this shit when they're not drunk? Yeah, it's like yeah. if bowling ever makes it to the Olympics, you have to be pouring beers the whole time. <laughs> That's oh, like yeah. playing a game of kings with no drinking. Yeah. Well, they right, have everyone, everyone talk they, with an accent. They have uh, the they have a cornhole league on ESPN, and those guys got beers in their hand the whole they, time. They better, man. That's, you gotta. Yeah, I, I've, that's, I've seen it's that a, a stipulation. Times. You ever play uh, Polish horseshoes? No. Okay, that's a good one. Travis showed me that one. That's uh, 
you put a beer. You, you get a fence post, like uh, one of those, or rather a banister. Uh, like a, this is like a stake, like, like a big dowel rod. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah, as, you sound anything, the earth. Yeah, sound the earth. Uh, make a little <laughs> hole, nothing like the one in Butte. Make a little and, hole, big uh, hole. Yeah, you put a bottle on top of it, and then you have a beer in one hand, and you gotta throw a frisbee back and forth to your team member and try to knock the. the yeah, beer. I've mm. seen that at some uh, at some tailgating events. That's yeah. that's a great game. It's a great way to lose a tooth. Oh. Yeah, get a get a face full of glass. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> fun they, you can buy that game in its plastic bottles. They look no, like beer no, bottles, no, but no, they're no, plastic. No, 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 I, I, no, What I was saying, I guess the reason I brought it up is I'd love to see that shit on ESPN. Some fucking snipers out there just yeah. blasting each yeah. other. Yeah. Be good. I'd love to see Can Jam in the Olympics. Oh, dude, that shit rules. Oh, uh, yeah. Love it. Buffalo's huge on that game. Hell yeah. Jay, well, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah. 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 Thank you very much. Indeed. Can't wait Traps. for Monday. Thank you for the uh, the research, and can't wait for part two. Yeah, yeah man. Travis, I got to ask you something. Um, did you practice reading this script? No. Because you were reading nice tonight. Dude, I've been using a teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Serious. Awesome. Good yeah. call. Hell yeah, dog! Yeah, crushing it. stuff. This was so. a very engaging story, Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we got we got a lot more to go, dude. There's gonna be some crazy antics. It's exciting. We've been talking a lot yeah. of good American legends lately. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Evil uh, maybe has a little bit of the spirit of uh, Rube Waddell that inserted into Rube. him. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Rube energy <laughs> from this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. So we're back here on Monday. Well, not. The listeners Monday, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay, you want to plug things or do stuff before we um, close out? Yeah, yeah. NFHC podcast. You can go to just nfhcpodcast.com. Uh, we have a link tree. Um, I'm not the best at plugging things, so you can just kind of go to, yeah, NFHC podcast link tree. It's got our, it's got our Patreon, our Discord, our merch all that good stuff one stop shop and the uh episodes come out every tuesday yeah and so in while you're waiting for evil knievel part two go ahead and listen to some nfhc you can listen to back episodes too because this is great yeah we've got 275 of them yeah it's awesome yeah awesome nice good stuff all right uh travis you've been doing a good job reading why don't you take us out again uh, you should go to patreon.com slash Rosemortem where you can get money. That you, If you get money, you give money to Rosemortem.com. Rosemortem.com, we're going to have a Rube, Rube Waddell shirt is up. It's live. It has been practiced. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, we have a Rube Waddell shirt on. Oh, right. Okay. In the future. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's future past. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm Rube. I love baseball, but really one player. Yeah. Just what I, I wish that. Unfortunately, I don't think we can get it done, but I want to make that Cummers <laughs> jersey. <laughs> we can totally make that, that Cummers. That's down the line. Yeah. Down no the one's going to call us out for can, making Can we talk Cummers. to Justin, see if we can make a Cummers? He yeah, probably yeah. has the connects. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It would be a good one, even though they've done a documentary on it, that um, I don't know if he's still alive, but that pitcher from the Pirates that pitched the no-no on acid. Oh, what's his name? Um, yeah. Who, like, he didn't know he was supposed to be pitching. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was just on. Well, LA, he did took a bunch of LSD and went out and pitched a no no. <laughs> yeah, that's that guy's name. Let's just get everyone who's in MLB to take acid and make the games better. 
Dude, it would every, be more fun. Every game would be great like that. Banana Ball. Yeah. It's pretty much Banana Ball. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, spoilers for next week. Uh, Evil Knievel does not do drugs. Mm. Too bad. He's Loser. a big... No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. That's his no-no? Yeah. And it was Doc Ellis. I just looked it up. Doc, Doc Ellis. Ellis, yeah. Yeah. Alright. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming on, Jay. Yeah, anytime. Hi, everybody. Later. Later.